Hello, and welcome back. From Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, and this is Encyclopedia Womanica. If you're just tuning in, here's the deal. In five minutes every weekday for a year, we're telling the story of a different woman from throughout history who you may or may not know about, but definitely should. Each month has a theme, and this month we're talking about dreamers, women who should be remembered for their creative accomplishments. Today, let's talk about novelist Zora Neale Hurston. You may leave and go to Halifax, but my slow drag will Zora was born in Alabama on January 7, 1891. Soon after, her family moved to Eatonville, Florida, a rural town near Orlando, which Zora considered her hometown and where she spent the majority of her childhood. Eatonville was America's first incorporated black township. Zora's father worked in the town hall, helping to govern the community, and her mother worked in one of the town's churches, guiding the community's religious education. Growing up in Eatonville, Zora absorbed a proud, ambitious mindset. She had a happy childhood, though she often butted heads with her father, who tried to quell her wild attitude. Zora's mother, however, urged her to keep aiming high, telling Zora to, quote, jump at the sun. Zora later explained that mindset when she wrote, we might not land on the sun, but at least we would get off the ground. When Zora was 13 years old, her mother passed away. Losing the encouragement and affection of her mom greatly impacted her life. Zora later wrote, quote, That hour began my wanderings, not so much in geography, but in time. Then not so much in time as in spirit. Zora's father quickly remarried to a much younger woman who never accepted Zora or her siblings. Zora and her stepmother constantly argued, and one fateful day, the tension between the two erupted into a brutal fistfight. Zora almost killed the woman. So, without even finishing high school, Zora packed up and left town to join a Gilbert and Sullivan traveling theater troupe as a maid. In 1917, she arrived in Baltimore. Zora knew she wanted to go back to school, so despite the fact that she was 26, she pretended she was 16 to qualify for free public schooling. She kept up the ruse for the rest of her life. In 1925, After graduating from school, Zora arrived in New York City at the peak of the Harlem Renaissance. She used her memorable, witty personality to befriend some of the heaviest hitters, like poet Langston Hughes and singer Ethel Waters. Zora enrolled at Barnard College on a scholarship. In 1927, she traveled south to collect information on African-American folklore, literature, hoodoo, and general culture. While there, she interviewed Kudjo Kazola Lewis, the last living person to be transported in the transatlantic slave trade. In 1928, Zora published her take on his story. Throughout her literary career, Zora traveled back to the South to continue her careful anthropological research, which found its way into her many writings. Zora had published quite a few works by 1935, including a novel called Jonah's Gourd Vine and a collection of Black Southern folklore called Mules and Men. But her career really took off in the late 1930s when she published her most popular novel, Their Eyes Were Watching God. The book follows the story of a mixed-race woman, Janie Crawford, and her attempts to find true love. 
In the late 1930s, Zora also published a study of Caribbean voodoo practices, as well as another novel called Moses, Man of the Mountain. Despite the fact that she received acclaim for her 1942 autobiography entitled Dust Tracks on a Road, Zora never gained the appropriate financial reward for her success. Her largest royalty check was only a little over $900. Zora moved back to the South and sought work as a freelancer for magazines and newspapers. As those opportunities waned, she took odd jobs, including substitute teaching and cleaning. After a period of health problems and financial struggles, Zora passed away from a stroke in 1960 at the age of 69. She had so little money that her neighbors had to raise funds for her funeral, and her grave remained unmarked for over a decade. In 1973, writer Alice Walker, best known for writing The Color Purple, wanted to honor the author who had inspired her work. She traveled to Zora's abandoned cemetery, found her unmarked grave, and erected a headstone there. It reads, quote, Zora Neale Hurston, a genius of the South. Though Zora didn't get the full recognition she deserved during her life, today she's honored for her brilliant novels and precious records of African-American culture. Her hometown of Eatonville hosts an annual Zora Neale Hurston Festival of the Arts and Humanities. Tune in tomorrow for the story of another dreamer worth remembering. This month of Encyclopedia Womanica is brought to you by Casper. Casper mattresses and products let today's dreamers get the sleep they need to turn their ideas into reality. Special thanks to my favorite sister, Liz Kaplan, the genius researcher behind this collection of women. Talk to you tomorrow.